Well, as you look at everything that's going on in our country right now, a question that people are, are seeking to answer is, what does our country need the most? I mean, as you watch it, a lot of the posts and a lot of the things that are, are being kind of uh, said and the conversations that are having, it really comes down to uh, the heart of that question. What does our country need the most right now? And as you read a lot of these posts on social media, it's definitely clear that many people believe that what our country needs the most right now is to follow a certain political ideology or follow a certain political party or, or a political leader, uh, that if we would just convince people to follow our political or our economic or our social convictions, then this country would be fine. This greatest need of our country is political or the greatest need of our country is social. Or, you know, we kind of see that right now uh, very strongly in all the things around us. But as Christians, we need to understand something very important. The greatest need in our country is not political, it's not economic, it's not social. The greatest need in our country is spiritual. The answer to the question, what does our country need the most, is our country needs the most to hear the gospel, to turn to Jesus. Our country needs a spiritual revival. That is the greatest need that we have right now. And, you know, I think so much of what we're fighting for right now and fighting over right now are more the symptoms as opposed to the disease itself. You know, the political, the economic, the social problems that we see in our country, and they're definitely there, and they're definitely growing, the racism, the hatred, the lies, the fraud, the inequality, the injustice, all these things that we see, really, they're just symptoms of a much greater problem. And that greater problem is that we have a country full of people who are lost, who are sinful, who don't know Christ, who have turned their back on God, who've rejected Jesus, you see, that's the disease. That's the ultimate cause of all these things that we're seeing. Those are just symptoms. You know, the hatred is coming from a lost world. You know, the racism comes from a lost world. The, 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 the symptoms are these things that we're fighting and seeing, but really the disease, the cause of it all, is the fact that we have a country that has turned their back on God, that has rejected Jesus and is lost in their sin. And until that spiritual problem of being a lost sinner is addressed, you know, all these other issues that are political and social and economic, they're just going to continue to be there, and actually they're going to continue to get worse if we don't deal with the underlying disease that is so prevalent in our country right now. And this is why, as believers, we need to make sure that we personally know that the greatest need in our country is not economic, it's not political, it's not social, that it is spiritual, and that one of our greatest efforts is to meet our country's spiritual need. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't try to impact you know, the political sphere or the economic sphere or the social sphere, that, that we don't do those things. No, we, we want to be engaged and involved, but we need to recognize, first and foremost, our greatest calling as believers and the biggest need in our country is to impact the spiritual problems, which will ultimately help us to better impact all the other problems that we see as well. You know, as I prepared to be a missionary in Scotland, you know, one of the teachers that invested a lot in me, he, he asked me a very thought-provoking question. He said, how much of your culture is your Christianity? How much of your American culture, your politics, your way of life, do you connect with being a Christian? And the reason he posed this question, he said, you know, you're about to go to Scotland. And are you going to Scotland to make disciples and followers of Jesus? Or are you going to Scotland to make Scottish people more American? 
And that was a good question for me to consider. And, you know, I really didn't understand the significance or ramifications of the statement until I actually went to Scotland and started doing ministry in Scotland. And really, as I started to spend time with other missionaries in Scotland, and I discovered that a lot of the missionaries that I had interaction with, their heart, their desire for many of them was to make Scottish people more like Americans than followers of Jesus. They were more concerned with trying to change the, spot, the Scottish people's political views, making them more American than they were trying to lead people to faith in Jesus. And unfortunately, some were successful. You can say they converted Scottish people to be American. But the problem is those people were still lost in their sins. Those people were still going to hell. They didn't deal with the most important need. They dealt with their cultural need or their political need but they didn't deal with the most important need of all, which was their spiritual need. They should have been focusing on taking people from spiritual darkness to spiritual light than taking them from being culturally Scottish to being culturally American. You know, I see the same thing with many Christians in our country today that we're spending so much time focusing our energy, our efforts, our time in trying to make people and change people culturally, politically, and socially and completely neglecting their far greater need, which is spiritual. And something important to understand is as believers, we've been given a calling by God. And that calling by God is to reach the world to impact their spiritual need. We've been called by God to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to go into all the world and make disciples. We've been called by God to fight the spiritual battle. It says our our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. We've been called to be ambassadors for Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us something very interesting. It says this world is not our home and our citizenship is in heaven. And the heart of that is that the person that we should be most focused on following, the person that we should be most focused on living for and telling other people about is Jesus. And the place that we should be most concerned about representing and leading people to is heaven. So before anything else as believers, we should identify ourselves as followers of Jesus. Before you identify yourself as a a Republican or a a Democrat, as a conservative or a liberal, before you identify yourself as a patriot or an American, first and foremost as a believer, I have to say my identity is as a child of God, as a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, Christians who are here on this earth, we're not to follow the elephant or the donkey, we're ultimately to follow the lamb. You know, when I read passionate posts of Christians on social media, very passionate posts about why other people should follow their political ideology or political party, I often think, you know what, I wish these believers were that passionate in trying to get people to follow Jesus. I wish believers were that passionate and say, you know what, this is why you should be a follower of Jesus. This is why you should be a Christian. This is why Jesus is so great. If we spent that kind of energy and that kind of effort as we see, you know, in the last months of people pushing and pushing and pushing their political ideology, wow, what if the church would have done that pushing Jesus? How much better off would our country be now than it is? So if you're like me and you're concerned about the direction that the country is going in, And you should be because we're not going in a very good direction. The most important thing you can do to help this country change is deal with the spiritual needs. 
And as I mentioned before, not to neglect the other needs, but to say, hey, this is the biggest need of all. We need to get the gospel out. We need to show uh, people Jesus. We need to be ambassadors for him. We need to fight the spiritual battle because the biggest need that our country has is a spiritual need. And until people accept Jesus, until their thinking is changed, their actions are changed by the word of God and the spirit of God, you know, their ideology is not going to change. Their worldview is not going to change. Their actions are not going to change. We're just going to continue down this path of a country that has turned their back on God. And so we need to see people change from the inside through the power of the gospel and the power of what Christ has done on the cross. Now, it's something that's encouraging for you and I to know is that we have the ability through the power of the Spirit of God to actually see that change happen in our country. You know, I know a lot of Christians who kind of give up on the country and think, you know, we're, we're just, it's over. You know, look at where we're at. Look at where we're at spiritually. You know, we can't make an impact anymore. We might as well just pack it up and just watch everything burn. But you know what? No matter who our president is, no matter how anti-Christian our leaders are or become, we as Christians can reach this country. We can reach this world. And I think it's important to remember the church and the history of it, even the start of it. I mean, think of the start of the early church, the apostles that went out. I mean, did they live in countries that were, you know, pro the gospel, pro the message of Jesus Christ, pro the message of Christianity? Absolutely not. I mean, we have a much more uh, receptive and open culture than the early church ever did. You know, they persecuted them, they killed them, they murdered them for being followers of Jesus Christ. And guess what? They reached the world. If they could reach that culture at that time who was pagan and so ungodly with the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit, we too today can reach our country and our world in the same way. Now the reason I've started sharing what our country's greatest need is and, and our ability through the power of the Spirit of God to meet that need is because this morning you know, is our Vision Sunday. I'm going to be sharing the vision of our church. And I, and I really want us not only to, to know what it is and get excited about it, but to really recognize, hey, what is the greatest need in our culture, in our country, in our world, in the surrounding area of Pasadena, Laporte, uh, Deer Park, you know, the, the areas that we live and the people that we're trying to impact, that we would recognize the spiritual need is most important and that our vision ultimately is to seek to meet the spiritual needs of the people in our community. And so we're going to be sharing as a church, you know, what are we doing to meet the spiritual needs both of believers and of those who are not believers that we want to reach with the gospel? You know, what is it that is our vision? What is it that is our mission as we seek to do that? And that's what we're going to be focusing on this morning. And there are two important things concerning our church that we're going to be looking at. First, I'm going to share with you the mission and vision of our church. And then second, myself and other leaders in our church are just going to share with you, you know, how we plan on living out that mission and vision, and also how you can be a part of that, how you can get involved, how you can use your gifts and your talents and your treasures to help fulfill the mission and vision of our church. Because you see, as a church, it's important that we all understand what the mission and vision is so that we can all be a part of it. Because reality is, if you just have a handful of leaders who are like, hey, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do it, and the rest of everyone says, well, that's nice, go ahead, it doesn't work. It's a, a corporate thing. We all have to come together and do it together because we need all the gifts that are represented in our fellowship in order to accomplish it. And so let's start with the mission statement of our church here. Our mission statement is to live an authentic life 
in connection with God, one another, and the world through Jesus. Now, the reason that we have chosen this mission statement, it's really at the heart of what the Bible teaches us. The Bible is very clear that the only way that you and I can have a connection with God, the only way that you and I can have a relationship with God is through Jesus. We must accept Jesus' sacrifice for our sin on the cross. That is the only way. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to have a connection with God, and that is to come through Jesus. And so that's why part of our mission statement is connection with God through Jesus. But Jesus doesn't just connect us with God. He also connects us with other believers. And that's why we have connection with each other as Christians. The Bible tells us once we accept Jesus, that God adopts us into his family, that we are now his children. And as we are his children, that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. And the Bible tells us that something amazing happens as we come into this family of God, that there is an equality and a oneness, an equality and oneness that doesn't exist outside of that. You know, you look in our culture, you know, there is not equality and oneness like there is in the church, that in Christ, we are one. In Christ, we are equal. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what your income is. Once you accept Jesus, there is oneness and equality with other Christians. So we have a connection with God through Jesus. We have a connection with one another through Jesus. But the Bible also tells us as believers that we need to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to go and tell people the good news of what Jesus has done for them, that we want to connect this lost world with Jesus and the message of the gospel. And that's why part of our mission statement is to connect with the world through Jesus. So our mission statement really sums up these biblical truths that we can only have connection with God through Jesus, connection with one another through Jesus, and that we want to connect the lost world to Jesus. And that is why we have this as our mission statement. And, and the way that we seek to try and put that mission statement into practice is through our vision, which is fourfold. The first part of our vision is to save the lost. Second, to equip the saved. Third, to serve the lost and save. And fourth, to send the equipped. So the first part of our vision is to save the lost. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that, that deal with the calling that we have as believers to do this. But one of those verses is Mark 16, 15. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now notice it's a command by Jesus. This is not a, a suggestion by Jesus saying, if you are a follower of me, then I want you to preach the gospel to this world who doesn't know it. So everyone is called to do this. And as a church, we take this command of Jesus very seriously. I mean, the reality is we have the greatest news that there is, and we want to be those who take that great news and present it to a world who desperately needs to hear it. And as we look at what's happening in our world today, really the message of the gospel is so desperately needed. Even when people aren't even aware that that is their need, they're looking at all these other things and trying all these other things to make changes when really at the heart of it all, if people would come to know Christ, the impact that that would make would be far greater than anything else. So as a church, we want to impact our community with the gospel because we realize this is what our community needs. First and foremost, its biggest need is to hear the gospel and more importantly, 
to accept it. Now, Jaime is our deacon who oversees our outreach ministry, uh, and so I'm going to have him come on up, and he's going to share with us some of the ways as a church that we are seeking to reach out into our community here in 2021, ways that you and I can be involved in that, uh, ways that we can hopefully help fulfill the first part of this vision. And so, Jaime, why don't you come up and share with us? All right, I felt like I just finished last place in a race, and you're like, <laughs> you gave me the pity clap. That's okay. I'm so glad to see you all this morning. I just want to share with you one verse or a few verses from the book of Acts talking about this vision, this desire for us to reach the lost. Just like Matthew was sharing, there's this powerful verse in the end of the gospel of Mark commanding each and every one of us to go out and preach the gospel. Similarly, Luke tells us in the book of Acts that same story and and tells us uh, uh, something interesting about that. This is in Acts chapter 1 verse 6. Jesus has just finished spending days and and time investing in his disciples and the believers after he had risen from the dead. And after spending time with them, investing and even teaching them after his resurrection, his time here on earth after his resurrection had come to a close. And the Bible says this when in verse 6 of chapter 1 of Acts, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? We know that Israel had been enslaved, they had been conquered, they had been taken over by a foreign power, Rome, and and his followers wanted to know, is it time now? Will Caesar go away? Will, Will the kingdom be inaugurated physically here on earth? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Their, their, their questions show their their importance, what, what they were really learn, uh, yearning to know about. They're like, is it time for the kingdom to be ushered in now? And, and Jesus says, it's not for you to know. But in verse 8, there's the word but. It says, but. Now, that must have been disappointing for them to know that. Jesus says, the time, the season is not for you to know. I'm not here to talk about that. But there's something I want you to know. It says in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Jesus says, listen, I know you might be disappointed, but you will, future tense, receive power. We know that future tense power came on the day of Pentecost. And the reason why there is a future tense, big event, incredible thing called Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the church, is because Jesus says, I've got big work for you to do. I'm not wrapping up the show now, Jesus says. There's still people who have never heard, people who have not trusted. He says, you're going to receive power, power to do what? Well, well, first of all, power from who? Power from the Holy Spirit. That's incredible, right? The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is God himself. You're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit to do what? It says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the outer ends of the earth. One of the first things that, as a church, we we desire is that people would come to know Jesus Christ. As Pastor Matthew correctly pointed out, our greatest need is not going to be solved from the White House. It's going to be solved from Christ himself. That's our, our greatest need. And the thing is that the Bible says, and our experience tells us, that there's people alive right now who don't know about Jesus Christ. And, and those who have heard the name, even in our own country, have no idea who he is, what he did, or what's required of us to enter into his kingdom. 
And the thing is that that then falls upon us. Those of us in this room who've trusted Christ, those of us who've become disciples of Christ, we've, we've read his word and we know what it says. We have possession of good news. And what are we going to do with that? Well, the Bible says we need to go to our Jerusalem, our local community. And listen, our local community, that's Pasadena. That's Deer Park. That's Laporte. That's Houston area. And what are we to do with our community? The Bible says we need to go and preach what? The gospel. The Bible doesn't say we're going to receive power from on high to, I'm going to really own my friend on Facebook and slam him socially. Like, you know what my friend on Facebook needs? He needs, she needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be shown what the Bible says about them and about what the Bible says about God. And that's one of the things we've tried to do as a church. This last year, we started, a, we went door to door this fall, and some of you in this room were part of that. We were on a search and rescue mission. You might remember if you were here, I talked about that. And let me tell you, that was such an important, such a valuable time. We went door to door, just a few blocks from where we are right now. We knocked on doors. Was it scary? Yes, it was. Was I nervous? Yes, I was. But you know what? Despite my nervousness and how scared I was, because I was, I had power from on high. And listen, if you're a born-again believer in this room, that same power is available to you to do things you don't think you could do on your own, which is what's called a miracle. And let me tell you, Jesus is still in the business of miracles, because we talk to people. I know I did. I know Matthew did. I know Jenny. I know other people in this room talk to people who had no idea what was going to happen to them when they died. I talked to people who literally wept on their front door because some a stranger was coming to check on them, to pray for them, and ask them if they knew about Jesus Christ. What an incredible, incredible thing, a privilege to have been a part of. And you know what we're going to do for 2021? We're going to continue with our search and rescue mission opportunities. You don't have to raise $3,000 to go. You don't have to learn a foreign language to go, but sometimes it could be helpful in Pasadena if you speak Spanish. But really, in general, you don't have to do that. We are going to go February, it says on the slide, February 20th, and we're going to do that basic thing. We're going to go door to door. We're going to knock. We're going to ask people, hey, you know, we're just, we're part of your local church. We're just checking in on our neighbors. Is there something we can be praying for you about? okay, you're depressed, you've been in a lockdown, you have no one to talk to, you're socially isolated, let me pray for you now. And, you know, while we're talking about these spiritual things, can I ask you a question? If you die today, and God said, why would you let me in what, 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 to his kingdom? What would you say? Do you know what the Bible says about salvation and forgiveness and, and, and the strength we can have right now through him? And you know what? Most people are going to say, I don't know. Because that's the number one answer I heard when I knocked on doors. Most people, when I asked, what's going to happen when you die? Most people said, I have no idea what's going to happen. Listen, we're going to be going out to our community February 20th. Now listen, let's say that you've never gone. Let's say you don't know what to say. Let's say that you're nervous. Well, I'll say, come join us because we'll all be nervous. All of us will be scared. And all of us are going to depend on God. Because if it's a successful day, guess who gets all the credit? Guess who gets all the glory? Jesus Christ will. Now listen, um, the Bible says Jesus sent people out two by two. Uh, I went out two by two. I went, and my son was my partner. Now, Jaime Thomas, he's 13. He may not have all the words. He may not have all the wisdom, but you know what he could do? He could stand right by my side and pray for me. So listen, if you're in this room, you've never shared the gospel, door-to-door -door scares you, you know what you can do? You can stand beside me. You can stand beside Molly. You can stand beside Matthew or Jenny or Mike, and you can just pray. 
Can you do that? Could you, if you were nervous, if you were scared, could you just silently stand next to your brother and sister in Christ who needs you and pray so that the person on the other side of the door, the person on the other side of the conversation can hear the gospel and be saved? The Bible says God is not slack in his promises, but the reason he's not come back, despite how evil and terrible and disheartening the news is, the reason he's not come back yet is that he is long-suffering, desiring that none, the Bible says, would perish. Let me tell you, miracles do happen, and they happen through ordinary people filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm looking right now at a room filled with ordinary people, filled with the Holy Spirit for those of us who've trusted Christ, and you can be used by God. Can you imagine if there was a football team and a player went up to coach and said, Coach, I'm going to be part of this team. I'm going to wear the jersey, but before I tell, but you know, I just want to let you know, Coach, I'll wear the jersey, but I'm never going to come to practice. Coach, I'm going to wear the jersey. I have no intention to going to any game whatsoever. Coach, I'm going to wear the jersey. I want to be on this team, but I never want to be made uncomfortable. That's cool with you, coach, right? Well, listen, that would be foolishness. We wouldn't expect anything like that. The Bible says, Matthew said, that the command is for all of us to do what? To go. And I know, listen, that's scary because I feel scared all the time. But there's someone who's greater than my fear, and his name is Jesus Christ. So I just want to let you know, that's what we're doing. I hope to see you guys. And if you have questions, just ask. If you have fears, Let's talk about it because there's an answer to your fear, and his name is Jesus. So just want to encourage you. That's what we're doing. Uh, outreach like that. Another outreach that we did successfully is we reached out to high school kids that didn't have any Christmas opportunities, and we raised, I think, eight high school kids got presents from this church, kids who would have, you know, they asked for diapers for their babies because they're teenagers who are moms. And we left little encouraging notes about who Jesus was. So these are just two of the ways, door to door, even reaching out to local high schools, that our church, our small church is making a huge impact to spread the name of Jesus. You can be a part of that. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. And let's get excited about it as a church because 2021 has just begun. And I think Jesus' work in our community has just begun as well. Thank you all. Amen. Well, we definitely would love all of you to come out to every outreach opportunity that we have. Um, but we want you also to remember that, you know, don't think that's the only time that, you know, you should do it. It's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're all called. And so when the, when the church organizes some, you know, uh, a planned event outreach, I'll join that. But, you know, we're also just called in our sphere of influence with family, with friends, with coworkers, that we would just take the opportunities the Lord places before us to share with them. And so we want you to come as we plan things, as we're going to be going out uh, in February. But also just we encourage you, hey, be talking with people uh, in your own sphere of influence and um, invite them to church. And let's just see the Lord do a great work uh, in 2021 in reaching people with the gospel. And so that's the first part of our vision the second part of our vision is to equip the saved. So once someone accepts Christ, once they become a believer in Jesus, we then want to equip them so that they can grow in their relationship with God. And two of the most effective equipping tools that God has given to us are the Holy Spirit who dwells in us when we accept Christ and also the Word of God that instructs us into how we should live. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, 
thoroughly equipped for every good work. We believe that the Bible is holy and perfectly inspired by God and is profitable for us in every single way. And so as a church, we put a huge emphasis on teaching the Word of God because we value what it does in our lives so much. We believe all of Scripture is inspired. All of it is profitable. And that's why you know we take a book of the Bible and we go through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, so that we can learn what the Word of God has for us. Now, every ministry that we have in the church here, really, it exists for the purpose of equipping everyone ultimately to grow in their relationship with God, their relationship with one another, and then their ability to go out and reach the world with the gospel. You know, our Sunday morning services, like we have now, it's desired to equip the whole family. We have times of worship, times of Bible study, times of fellowship and prayer. And, you know, we start as we did when you came in with just this time to worship God because He is worthy of it, but also it helps spiritually prepare us for the Word of God. It helps, you know, prepare our heart and our mind for what God wants to teach us. And Colson is uh, the one who is our worship leader here. That's one of his main roles of leadership. And I'm going to have him come up and just share a little bit about uh, worship and also just opportunities for how you might be able to be involved in that or just how you can pray more effectively for our worship team as they seek to minister to us in that area. So Colson, why don't you come up and share with us? Cool. So yeah, I, uh, I have the privilege of being able to lead you guys musically. And initially, I, I just wanted to, I guess, maybe clarify, because if you're not familiar with maybe just like church culture, and you walk in, and the first thing you see is like, kind of this, you know, karaoke, it can be maybe weird, because it doesn't happen anywhere else. Like you don't go to school and start singing songs together. But when you enter a church, um, a huge portion of the service is spent singing right? It's spent everyone corporately singing. And uh, a few reasons for that. And the, the main one is just because the Bible tells us to, you know, as we spend time looking at, well, what does the Bible say? How do we live? Part of it is a command to worship God. And, and I'll give you a few verses. Um, Psalm 96, Psalm 47, 6 says, sing praise to God, sing praises, Sing, right, with your voice, praises to our king. Sing praise, for God is king of all the earth. And the last phrase of that verse is sing praises with understanding, right? So as Matt mentioned, one of the ways that we equip the body is um, through the word and through God's Holy Spirit. Well, in John, it talks about, and the worshipers must worship by the spirit and by truth, okay? So worship is a verbal declaration that we all gather together with declaring God's truth. And so that's why, you know, song choice is important. You know, we don't play um, Back in Black by ACDC, right? Because it's not true, but we sing songs that declare who God is and what he's done in our lives. And another place we're commanded to sing is in um, Colossians 3, 16 and 17. It says, let the word of Christ dwell or like live in you richly with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we have um, 
the command to worship. And it says, let the word dwell in you richly as you admonish one another in um, songs, hymns, spiritual songs. So it's interesting that the word equips us personally, right? But then we have the opportunity to encourage one another through that same word that is sung. So that's one reason we're commanded to. Our second reason is Jesus does it. In the book of Matthew 26, 30, uh, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it says, after they've sung a hymn, that's Jesus and the disciples, then they move on to the mission, which I love that before they begin battle, you know, they're preparing one another, and even Jesus does this. So those are a few reasons why, if you've ever wondered. And so worship helps us not only while we're at church, right, but going out to share the gospel. It reminds us um, who God is, what he's done, you know, that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. There's songs that have that in that, and, and music is so um, catchy and repetitive, you know, it can get stuck in your head. And so part of our vision is that the songs we sing would be, you know, just biblical, they'd be true. They would be um, uh, not maybe all about me, but more about God. And um, it's been said, I think uh, Spurgeon says it, that the church will sing itself into heresy long before it ever preaches it from the pulpit. Um, because it's a lot easier maybe to like a song for the music or the way it sounds without thinking of the words. So we try to be very cautious about that. Um, and so music prepares us. It encourages us personally, and it is a tool that we can use to encourage one another. And finally, I think another result of just singing worship songs is we actually grow closer to the Lord. You know, we can draw near, we can hear songs that talk about Jesus as our shepherd or our friend or our defender, our savior, our, uh, our rock and our refuge. You know, and it reminds us of truths maybe we wouldn't memorize from scripture, or maybe we wouldn't even know our scripture. And then you read the Bible later and you realize those songs that you've been singing are, you know, maybe even word for word, the, the word of God and the truth of God. So uh, that's part of our heart here. And it's, it's more than music. It's a lifestyle. But we get the opportunity to encourage you guys and encourage one another and grow closer to the Lord through that. And so with that, the invitation is um, if you want to help serve on the worship team, there's always, there's always room. Um, you could play, uh, you know, a trumpet, you could sing, you could uh, even play a tambourine if you wanted. There is room, and we are willing to train and encourage that growth. Um, so please talk to me later. And then finally, we'll also be having a, um, like, a, just a planning night for that. So if you're interested, you know, get a hold of me. I'd love to um, share and encourage and train however best we can. But uh, yeah, thanks for letting us serve you guys. And Let's have a good good year. So thank you. Another thing that we do to help equip the body here uh, is through our men's and women's ministry. Our men's ministry, uh, it meets once a month on the third Tuesday of the month. Uh, we meet for uh, a time of worship, interactive Bible study, discussion, and prayer. And so it's a little different in the sense of, you know, you, we really get time to share with one another. To We have times where there's questions and there's answers and there's prayer requests given. And, you know, in a setting like this, it's more of a lecture style, but in those settings, it's more intimate. Uh, and it's just a great time where, you know, you can really not just come and be 
fed, but come and share what God has been teaching you. Uh, you can share and be open about what you're dealing with and have other brothers in Christ be praying for you. Uh, it's a great way to just build relationships that ultimately can help you uh, be accountable to living for Christ in the way that he wants you to. Uh, and so it's, a, it's just a really good time of coming together as men to build each other up as men so that we can be godly men in the home, as husbands, as fathers, uh, in the workplace, you know, in the church, in society. You know, that's what we've been called by God to do. We recognize that's difficult to do, and it's really difficult to do on your own. Uh, it's really difficult if you're trying without any help. And so this is part of that, you know, um, opportunity to come and just like, hey, I, I can grow with other men. I can be blessed by coming to these things. And so we do that uh, once a month. Tuesday, but we also have other, you know, fellowship events and things that we do. We do a yearly retreat uh, as well. And um, our next uh, men's fellowship night is going to be uh, February 6, uh, Saturday. So um, if you want to come out for that, we would encourage you to do that. Uh, and, you know, I know I am personally super encouraged and blessed each time we get together as men. Uh, and when I talk with other guys, you know, that's the same sentiment that people have. And so if you haven't been coming out to that, um, you know, I would really encourage you take advantage of the time that we have together as brothers in Christ. You know, I, I believe that you definitely will be blessed and encouraged and built up through that. And it'll just help you uh, just grow as a godly man. Now, I wanted my wife, Jenny, to be able to come up and share about women's ministry but she is teaching the kids, which is another ministry that we have for equipping and, and teaching the kids. She's doing that right now. And so we have the second best thing. I had her record a message on video, and we're going to put that up on the screen, and you can hear her share her heart for women's ministry with us. So women's ministry at Cross Connection Church, number one, word of God, number two, being sisters to each other. Uh, the heart of our ministry is to provide a place where women can be strengthened in God's word and nurtured through fellowship in the Lord, and then use their gifts and talents and the fruit of the Spirit to glorify God and to benefit our families, our church family, and the world. Our vision is to grow in becoming a God-glorifying, Christ-centered community of sisters who are committed to building each other up in the Lord through study of God's word, friendship, discipleship, exhortation, and service. We get together on a practical level once a month for Bible study. This year we're studying how to bear much fruit of the Spirit by abiding in Christ, and we're studying Galatians chapter 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. And we get together frequently for events to spend time together and also just to help each other out. We pray for each other and, and stay in touch and communicate through our Facebook group and through Marco Polo. Um, we just want to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We want to look out for the interest of others and consider others' interests as greater than our own and so that we can build each other up, edify, and encourage each other. I hope that uh, those of you who have not gotten to be a part of our women's ministry very much will uh, come and get more involved. And for those of you who already are, that, that this will help you have more of a vision and a heart for growing in God and growing as sisters for each other.
Well, another way our church seeks to help equip you is through our Thursday night home groups. Uh, and with COVID, you know, we stopped some things for a bit of time and, and started re um, doing them again. Uh, and I'm excited to announce that this Thursday, we're going to be starting those home groups uh, on a weekly basis again. And for the month of January, you know, our leadership has decided, you know what, we really want to have an emphasis on prayer. And so um, for this month, each Thursday as we get together, uh, if you hadn't come to one of our home groups at six, we have a meal together with a real focus on, you know, not just randomly talking about, you know, stuff that's not so important, but really getting conversations about the Lord, conversations to learn about each other. So we have a great time of fellowship around a meal. And then we moved into worship and some teaching and prayer. But for this time in January, the emphasis is really going to be prayer. Uh, and so we are going to have a meal at six. Uh, we're going to have some worship. We're going to spend uh, a much longer time just seeking the Lord in prayer. Um, you know, our country needs a lot of prayer. We really want to emphasize even this vision, what we're seeking the Lord to do in saving people, in equipping people, in serving people, and sending people. As we go through all of this this morning, we want to be asking the Lord to really move in a powerful way in that. And so we encourage you to come on out. It's a great time to connect with other believers. You know, if you're working, you can just come straight from work and come have a free meal and be blessed in that. But um, so that's what we're going to be starting up again. And we're going to have that emphasis on prayer this Thursday will be our first time back. Uh, it's going to start at six. It's going to be at my home. Uh, it's going to be a potluck dinner. So bring some food to share. And it's just another great opportunity just to be equipped in your relationship with God, but also just to get to know other believers. And, you know, I find a huge difference between those who just come on Sunday versus those who are part of the men's and women's or the midweek. You know, there's just a different level of relationship that you gain because you get a lot more time to actually talk with people, to find out what's going on in their life, how you can pray for them. There's just deeper connections and better relationships when you make the time for these things. And so I really would encourage you um, to do that. But just recognizing that really our, our services, our men's and women's ministry, you know, these are all designed with a purpose of equipping you to grow uh, in your relationship with the Lord. So the first part of our vision is to save the lost. The second is to equip the saved. And the third part of our vision is to serve the lost and the saved. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 6 through 28, whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, in our world, those who serve others are considered less than. They're not considered great. It's like, well, if you serve me, then you, you must be less than me. I'm greater than you. But in the kingdom of God, it's reversed. Jesus says, you want to be great? Then serve. You want to be great in my kingdom? Then be those that serve others. And now Jesus didn't just instruct us to serve. He also demonstrated what service was like when he was here on this earth. He set the example of serving others, and he served to the extent of giving his own life on the cross for the world. So a crucial part of our church vision is to serve the lost 
and the saved. And there are different opportunities within our church for you to get involved, for you to use your gifts, for you to be able to serve. I know, you know, if you look at the, the church world today, we have very much a consumer mindset. You know, people come to church and the, the question is, you know, what do you have to offer me? You know, but biblically, we're supposed to come to church with offering what we have to the church in order to use our gifts and our talents and our treasures for the kingdom of God. And so don't just come thinking, you know, what can I take away this morning? Or what can I take away in the midweek? Or what can I take away at men or women? But what can I give? What do I have to offer? How can I serve? How can I use what God has gifted me in to bless others? And that's just part of what the Word of God says. It's part of what makes a church function properly. And so I'm going to have Mike come up and share some opportunities for service. If you're thinking, you know, I'd love to get involved. I'd love to plug in in different ways. Here are some of the practical ways that you could get involved in serving in our church. And so I'll have Mike come share that. Well, Jaime, I think that clap was about as equal as yours. So we're like tied for last. So I'm, I oversee the, the church setup each week. And also I take care of the, the audio visual stuff, the online, the computers, the, the slides and all that. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a great way to, to get plugged in. And, you know, back in the, the beginning of creation, you know, God wanted to have a relationship with us. That's, that's what he wanted, is to spend time with us. And if you read in, in Genesis 3, it says that he walked in the cool of the garden, and he walked with Adam and Eve, and he, he just spent time, and they talked, and just hung out, and just had that relationship. And that's what he wants from us. He just wants to have a relationship with us. And so one way that we can do that is by serving him and coming in and serving and spending time with him. You know, it, it, Jesus tells us that where there's two or three gathered together in his name, that he's in the midst. And so on Saturdays, we get together for a couple hours and we, we have fun, we goof off, we laugh, you know, some good fellowship. And, and you know, we get to spend that time uh, serving him and it's, it's pretty awesome. And um, the, the last thing is um, in, I think it, it's, it's really encouraging for us. Matthew 18, um, oh, excuse me, Matthew 8, 14 and 15. So Jesus is at Peter's house and he goes in and uh, Peter's mother-in-law is sick and Jesus goes in and heals her. And what's really cool is that the first thing she does, she gets up and she immediately serves Jesus. And I just think that's such an encouragement and such an example of what we should be doing. You know, he's done so much for us already, you know, by dying on the cross for us. And he continues to bless us every day with, with so much. And so, you know, the least we could do is, is jump up, you know, get up and let's serve him. And, uh, you know, there's lots of opportunities, as you've heard from Jaime and Colson and, you know, Matthew talking. There, there's lots of opportunities. And we would love to have you, you all join us and be a part of that. And um, if you have any questions or, you know, any, any ideas, we'd love to talk to you after the service. You know, we'll, uh, we'll make ourselves available to you and, and answer any questions. <laughs> Thank you.
So there's definitely uh, lots of opportunities. We have opportunities with children's ministry, the worship ministry, men's ministry, women's ministry, uh, hospitality, greeting, um, you know, set up and tear down. So there, there's a lot of different ways in which you can serve. So if you're not plugged in or maybe you're plugged in in one way and think, you know what, my giftings kind of lead more towards this area, you know, come speak with us. Come speak with me. I'll direct you to who's leading that, uh, and we will definitely get you plugged in uh, because we would love for everyone to be serving uh, in some capacity. Um, we as leaders definitely feel that we are here to serve you. We make ourselves available to you. And one practical way that we love to serve is just to pray for you, uh, to also just be there for any practical needs. But you know, anytime that we are here or anywhere, if you have a prayer request and you need prayer, please come seek us out. Uh, we would love to sit down with you, pray for you, lift those needs up before the Lord, um, and just minister to you in that way. Um, Serving others is, you know, it's enjoyable, it's great in our fellowship, but that's not the only group that we want to serve. Notice that in the vision, it's to serve not only those who are saved, which are us, but also those who are lost. And so we desire also just to get into the community, you know, to be doing practical way things to kind of uh, serve our community. Some of that's going to be connected with outreach because you find that when you do practical stuff for people for free, they're kind of just like, well, well, why would you do this? You know, why would you put something on for my kids and not charge me anything? You know, why would you go to a park and grill a bunch of meats and give it to me for free? You know, why, why would you do this stuff? And it's just a great opportunity then to just share about the free gospel, the free message, what Christ has done for us. And it just opens up doors to share with people. And so if you know of practical needs in the community that we as a church could help meet, as we already, Jaime shared about those practical needs with those high school students, and we were able to, you know, give them something for Christmas, which they wouldn't have gotten. And so, you know, if there are practical needs that we can meet, uh, and then with that, connect the gospel message to it to really help people, uh, we would love to know that because that's a heart uh, that we have as a church. Uh, and so the first part of the vision is to save the lost. The second part is to equip the saved. The third part is to serve the lost and save. And the fourth and final part of our vision is to send the equipped. You know, Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, this is often referred to as the great commission that Jesus gives to his followers. And it's an imperative that, that we definitely take very seriously here. You know, it's an essential part of our vision that we want to send those who are equipped. So people get saved, they come in, they're getting equipped. Another equipping part is serving. And as they've been equipped and as they've been serving, we want to then send people to reach this community, this country, this world with the gospel. And so, you know, we really value sending capacity more than we value seating capacity. You know, we aim to grow the kingdom of God as a whole, not just the individual church that we have. You know, our focus isn't just, you know, we just got to grow and, and everybody's got to come here. You know, we have a desire to see churches planted other places. We have a desire to see people get saved and go to other churches that aren't here. We, we want to see the kingdom of God as a whole impacted, not just us here. And so we're definitely wanting to reach Pasadena and Laporte and Deer Park and, and Houston and the surrounding area. But we want to go beyond that to other cities in this uh, wonderful country and to go to other countries as well. 
You know, this is why every year we seek to provide an opportunity for a mission trip to happen that you can be a part of. We've gone to Uganda, we've gone to Kenya, we've gone to Rwanda. And, and you know, as we've done that, we have seen literally thousands of people come to accept Christ. We have seen churches being planted. We've seen believers being encouraged because we took the, the choice to say, you know what, Lord, we're going to make ourselves available and we're going to go. We're going to send a team out, and we're going to be used by you through your power. And it's just been amazing if you've been on any of those trips just to see God take us and use us and go into a place that is so ripe for the harvest, so open to the gospel. And it's just been exciting to see what God has done in this area of mission trips. And we are going to provide another opportunity this summer uh, for another mission trip. Jaime is going to be leading that trip uh, this year, and so I'm going to have him come up and share with you about where we're going to be going and some of the opportunities that are going to be existing with that. Uh, and so let's have Jaime come up and share about that. Well, hi again. It's good to see you. Uh, I feel like it's been forever since we've been together. Uh, so listen, uh, I, I want to share again with you from uh, the Bible, uh, if that's okay with you. I thought that might be a good place. I love Mike's references because if you, if you were to ask me uh, what, what Bible verses could you use to talk about service, I wouldn't have picked those, but those are great verses, you know. God just walked with believers in the cool of the garden in the, in the, at the end of the day, and I think that's awesome. So uh, in the Bible, in Romans chapter 10, Paul the Apostle writes in verse 9, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart, one believes and is justified. And with your mouth, one confesses and is saved. For scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is the Lord of all, bestowing riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow, that's a great deal. There's no division. There's no, 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 uh, I'm better or you're worse. If you call the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Verse 14, though, is where we come in. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they, how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And how are we to, how are they to hear without someone preaching. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. That is, an, uh, it says, uh, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what we, uh, what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So here the Bible talks about uh, people who need to hear the gospel, and certainly there's people that need to hear it right here in Houston, right here in Pasadena, which is why we're going to go door to door, which is why we're going to look to going out to the parks, which is why we're going to do these gifts and, and real practical things. We're going to take care of that here. But you might remember that Acts passage and, and what Matthew shared. Jesus says, you're going to receive power. Uh, okay, well, power for what, Lord? Well, I want you to go to your Jerusalem, where you live. I want you to go to your Judea, your surrounding area. Then Jesus says something maybe a little bit uncomfortable for us. The utter ends, the outer ends, the, the end of the world, Jesus says. And listen, if the apostles just stayed in Jerusalem, we wouldn't have a global church. In fact, we know from church history that the apostles went to India. and They died there. We know that the apostles went to Egypt. 
they, they went outside of their comfort zone to preach the gospel, which is why we, all of us here, sitting thousands of miles away from Jerusalem, we believe in the same Jesus that they believed in in Jerusalem. And so we have an opportunity this year uh, to go to Burundi. Now, honestly, if you would have asked me three years ago where Burundi is, I, a teacher for a living, would say, mm, I mean, not here. You know, I, I would have no idea where Burundi is. But the God, through his provision and his work, has given us an opportunity to, in fact, go to Burundi to preach the gospel. Uh, we have a friend. Uh, uh, well, it's funny. Matthew mentioned what our church has done. Our church has gone to Kenya. Our church has gone to Uganda. Our church has sent us to Rwanda. These are amazing things. And literally, because I've been there with these trips, uh, thousands of people trusted Christ, like literally thousands. The Bible says that angels in heaven do what? They rejoice when. How many people get saved? How many people trust? One. So listen, uh, this church isn't the biggest church in the world. This church, we don't have like, oh, we're overflow capacity. But listen, this church right now that you're here at has caused rejoicing in heaven, not because of one, but because thousands of people through this church's ministry have gotten saved. Thousands of people. I've seen it with my eyes, and I've gone back enough to see, oh, you got saved back then, and you're still walking with the Lord? That's amazing. That's what our church, through the power of God, has done. I've never heard of Burundi before. I spent uh, two, two years ago, uh, Molly and I, my family, we felt called to go to Rwanda. We went, we preached the gospel there, and through God's sovereignty, he hooked us up with friends who traveled from Burundi to meet us. They traveled from Burundi. We, we spent time together, and we've, over the last two years, have grown in relationship. And we said, you know what? We're going to come to Burundi. Uh, Calvary Chapel, Bujumbura, led by my friend John Pierre, who's a regional leader of Calvary Chapels in East Africa. He's invited us. We're going to watch a video. When I'm all done, I'm going to sit down, and we're going to watch a video of John Pierre inviting us personally. But on the slide, you can see a crusade they have on the upper right-hand corner. This is a, a Burundi, in case you didn't know. It's, it's literally the poorest country on planet Earth. Uh, there is no country poorer than Burundi. They are actually getting poorer every single year. Uh, I looked up the numbers. Only 9% of the people who live in Burundi have electricity, only 9%. The average income of Burundi is $271 a year. To compare that, for us in America, the average is about 62000 And, you know, many of us have been to Mexico on mission trips. The average Mexican makes 9000 a year. Burundi is 271 a year. They're literally the poorest country on the planet. But we're not going because of the poverty. We're going because of the people. That's what we're going. And this is a country that, though it's the poorest in the world, they're astronomically, their population is exploding. I believe that I looked up that the average age of the average person in Burundi is... I think it's like 17 years old or something like that. Their population is exploding. And be, oh, actually, the average population is under 15 years old in Burundi. Because of that rapid population, you know what there's not enough of? Not enough schools, not enough services, but most importantly, not enough churches, not enough pastoral leadership, not enough people reaching out. Because what's going to happen to 15-year-olds who don't have the direction of Jesus Christ in their life? What's going to happen to 15-year-olds who feel discouraged or feel that the world is against them? They're going to go to drugs. They're going to go to alcohol. They're going to go to false teaching. The Bible says that how will they hear unless they're, we're sent, right? Well, let me tell you, false teachers, they're more than happy to go and fill the void. When we went, Molly and I went to Rwanda, we saw sign after sign of Jehovah's Witnesses, sign after sign of false church this, false church that. False teachers are going to go. 
someone will go to preach their message. And so it's either those false teachers or those of us who've tasted the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, how will they hear unless they go? Listen, we've been invited to go to a country that is open. What we can do in Burundi, they are going to allow us to enter into public schools in Burundi. They're going to close down the public school, and they're going to bring out every single kid. Because if you talk to the teachers, they're like, yeah, our kids are lost. We need, we need people to hear the gospel. And you know, like, if someone that you always hear from tells you about Jesus, like, yeah, yeah, uh, you've been telling me about Jesus forever. Thanks, Mom, or whatever, right? But when someone you don't know, like, someone different comes and tells you, like, suddenly you, like, shift gears, and you're like, whoa, wait a second. And it's not that they can't preach the gospel without us. In fact, that is what they're doing regularly. Jean-Pierre, through his ministry, they planted 11 Calvary chapels in Burundi without the help of Americans, without the help of outsiders, just them. That's what they're doing. Their business is, they're not going to like, well, we're just going to wait for the Americans to show up, and then we'll start living out our faith. They're like, hey, we don't have a lot of money, but we're going to go out and preach the gospel. So we're just going to partner with them, not to start a new thing, but to do with them what they're already doing. They are being empowered, like Acts says, by the Holy Spirit. So we've been invited to go. We're going to go visit uh, the people in Burundi. We're going to go to the public schools and preach the gospel. We're going to go actually to the prisons. They're going to allow us into the prisons. And Molly and I, last time we were there, we went to Rwanda. Guess what? Uh, we went into a prison. We were actually running late to get in there. And they had assembled maybe 500, maybe 800 prisoners. And they told the prisoners, you're going to get a gospel presentation. When Molly and I walked in with our Rwandan uh, missionaries, uh, like our translators. When we walked in, you know what? 700 prisoners, some people in there for crimes of murder. You know what they did when we walked in after they were told the people coming are coming to share the gospel? We got an, a, a, an applause for like, like for minutes from like 700 people who were prisoners. They were told that they're going to be told about how they can have their sins forgiven. People we never met. We're not like famous. We got 700 people applauding for us thunderously because of Jesus Christ. That's what they're going to be willing and open to do for us in Burundi. They're going to open the prison system for us as well. Also, on the bottom right-hand corner, there's a people living in a, um, a real terrible conditions. There's a tribe there called the Pygmies. Maybe you've heard of that word. You're like, oh, that's like a pygmy warrior or whatever. I don't know much about the Pygmies until recently. The Pygmies live in three countries, well, a couple countries, but one of them is Burundi. And you know what, Jean-Pierre? He has a heart for them. Because even if the average Burundian is poor, $271 a year, the average pygmies are even poorer than that. They actually, the average pygmy has never had a mattress. Like a lot of Kenyans and Ugandans might have a mattress on the floor. Like that's not uncommon. But the average pygmy doesn't own that. They actually sleep on like piles of grass. And in the pygmy people are actually, sadly, even in Burundi, people look down upon them. People think that they're less. Only 9% of the pygmies have heard and trusted in Jesus Christ. But because of that, you know what John Pierre is doing? He's reaching out to the pygmies. You know what he's doing? He's preaching the gospel to them. You know what he's doing? He's praying for them. And guess what we'll be able to do? We'll be able to preach to the pygmy people too, a people that other people have forgotten, don't know about. Jesus knows. Jesus isn't forgotten, and he's going to send us to go. Uh, what else do we have, Mike? Is that? Okay. Okay, cool. That's, that's cool. Uh, last thing, uh, so the Bible says uh, we gotta, you know, we got to hear the gospel, we got to preach, but then the Bible says, how will they preach unless they are, what does it say? How, unless they are sent, the Bible says. Now listen, honestly, we've never been to Burundi. This is like a new work that we're doing. I've been to Kenya, Molly and I, I, I tallied it up. We've been to Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda 10 times total. 
And I have no problem taking any born-again believer who saw in their faith to Kenya, to Uganda, to Rwanda. But this is a new work. There's some challenging things we're going to see and experience in Burundi. And because it's a pioneering work, we are inviting people who have some experience with missions or some experience really walking with the Lord to come. It, it, I would not, even though I took my whole family to Rwanda, I took my 15-year-old daughter to Rwanda, I wouldn't take her to Burundi. It is a bit of a different mission. And so we are calling people who are interested to come talk. But listen, I just want to make that clear. Not everyone will be able to go just because of the, the newness and the pioneering level of work. But I am calling all of us to be senders. We will send through our prayers. Listen, we can't do this without you praying. Every single one in this person in this room, I need you to send us by prayer, number one, by encouraging words, number two. And listen, even financially, you know, as I tallied up, Molly and I have been to East Africa 10 times. Not a single time did we go to East Africa because we looked at our bank account and said, yeah, that makes sense. Let's go with, you know, $37.50 for me, $37.50. Or our whole family went to Rwanda. Uh, there's six of us. <laughs> I don't know. You just do the math of like 3500 apiece or whatever it is we raise. We don't have that in our bank account. We never have and we probably never will. But there were senders, people who sent us with prayer, people who sent us with encouraging words, people who in this room sold water bottles on medians in June in Pasadena, Texas in a thousand degree humidity. And people in this room who love us and love the gospel, they did that. We as a church have gone internationally many times. And listen, we as a church, we're going. Even if you are not on a plane to Burundi, we as a church are going this July. And so listen, let's go preach the gospel. If you feel a call, if you know, let's talk really soon because the time to prepare is right now. Like we are announcing today. This is it. It's time to start. Seriously, let's get going. Let's talk. And if you are not in the, I'm the person who's going to be going to a hut like that in the middle of a country that is the poorest on planet earth, listen, you can be a sender. I want you to pray for us. I want you to encourage us. And if God calls you, maybe to use some of the treasure that he's blessed you with to make an impact on the other side of the world. Thank you all. Yes. Let's go ahead. Hello. Praise the Lord. Here is Jean-Pierre Naimpereye, the senior pastor of Karibari Chapel, Bujombora. Bujombora is located in Burundi. Burundi is in East Africa. So this year, 2021, we have outreach events and then we have evangelism events. So I would like to invite you guys brothers and sisters in the Lord to join us so that we can reach those people who need God's salvation. We are going to reach out to the prisoners. We are going to reach out to those people who are sick so that you can give them hope and to recognize that Jesus is the healer and is our hope. Please, I invite you with the I'm humbling before you and asking you please to come and to help us during that time. God bless you and I will appreciate so much your coming here in Burundi. God bless you. God bless you so much.
So when it comes to missions, as Jaime was sharing, you can be a significant part and not actually be on the trip. I mean, I was a missionary for 11 years, and you know, one of the big things is just you know, being someone who's willing to say, I will support through finances, through prayer, through whatever is necessary and helping the team get going. And so as, as Jaime shared, you know, we want to, as a church, all as much as we can be a part of this trip, even if we're, you might say, well, I don't have the time to go on that, or I don't feel called to actually be in person traveling over there, but there are ways in which we can all be involved in sending uh, a team from here to go reach people with the gospel, and so we're encouraged to do that, but, you know, in order to fulfill this vision of sending the equip, not only do we send people on short-term missions, but we also want to support those who have made a commitment for a long-term mission, who have gone places and are staying there and ministering there and living there. Uh, and we have had, and you've heard them come up, uh, two missionary families that we've been uh, praying for and supporting, the Louisas in Scotland and Sterling there and the Crabtrees in Uganda. And I asked them to send us just kind of a little video update of what happening and how we can pray. And so we're going to listen to that and just be encouraged by what the Lord's doing in those places. Uh, and then, you know, just how we hopefully just are reminded that they're there, reminded that, you know, they're doing these things. And if you don't have their newsletters, I would really encourage you come talk with me. I'll tell you how you can get uh, connected with that. Uh, they typically send them out on a monthly basis. So it's a great time just to be uh, encouraged by what the Lord's doing and how you can pray for them. And so here's just a little video from both of those ministries uh, letting us know how the Lord's working. Good morning, Cross Connection family. We're so glad to be here with you this morning. Uh, if you don't know who we are, I'm Dan. This is my wife, Angela, and we are church planners and missionaries in Sterling, Scotland. Yeah, and we'd just like to really thank Pastor Matthew and Jennifer for giving us this opportunity to share just a little bit about what God is doing here in Sterling right now. Yeah, so since we were last with you, God has opened a door for a new facility uh, by way of a generous uh, contribution from a couple in, in the States. And so we're excited about it. We were able to use it. It uh, started in August, and God has done a great thing with that particular facility, yeah. Unfortunately, due to the current full lockdown here in the UK, we're not able to use it right now. So we really are hoping for that to move along quickly. Right now, we're having services online from here in our living room. Yeah, and even with all the restrictions that's gone on this past year, God is still continuing to fulfill the vision that he's given us, or at least part of that vision. Uh, apart from just planting here in Stirling, we were praying about planting in other parts of Scotland as well. And God has brought another couple from the States just recently in December. And so we're excited to see them move and work. And, and so, and as well, it's opened the door for potentially other people to come here as well. So we're excited about that. Yeah, that's been great. Um, currently, we are very recently, we started uh, two daily devotionals in the morning and evening, almost every day, except for the days that we have service. We just have the services, but that's on our Facebook page. We do that live if you want to check out our Facebook page and join us sometime. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of other things. We love to stay in connection with you, but some of the things we would love to have you guys pray for us about is that, first off, the lockdowns. We would pray that uh, a lot of these restrictions would be re relieved, relieved and removed and that we can get back into our facility and start using it even more than what we have been already. Yeah, we had a conference a couple of years ago on creation versus evolution, and we'd love to do that again. We had it planned last year and had to cancel. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of uh, spiritual warfare going on. We covet your prayers for that, even within our church. And there's a little bit of friction there. And it's hard to deal with when you're not able to meet with people. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we just wanted to say thank you for allowing us to share this morning. We love you guys. We appreciate all the love that you have for us, the, the support that you have for us. And yeah, so. Uh, and we do do a newsletter. If you're not currently getting that, contact us through Facebook or ask Pastor Matthew for our, for our email address and we will get you on that newsletter. We would love to contact you. And if you wanted to know more about what's going on as well here in, in Scotland and in Sterling, uh, please contact us as well through Facebook. We hope you guys have a great service, the rest of the service and the rest of the day. We just want to say thank you guys and we love you and God bless you. Bye. Hi, this is Ken with Vagabonds for Christ. Uh, me and Leanne are here in Uganda serving with our daughter, Savannah. Hi, Cross Connection. And her, her ministry is of Pomania, which I never can say correctly. Poema? Poema. Poema. Something like that. So we're here, at, at, and on Sundays we, we eat together, and so this is some of our children here in our house, and we're having some hot dogs. We haven't, we've had a couple extra missionaries. There's an extra missionary. Kimberly, she's doing Bible school in Uganda. She's from Canada. She's from Canada. And we're playing chess because some girls are brilliant. That's why the brilliant girls are playing chess. Let you know that, um, this year we're putting now over 40 children into school and then we're going to be growing in discipleship for the children and also their parents and so we ask that you would just uh, be praying for us because we are learning and trusting God as we go so we ask that you give us wisdom with these families many know of God but we're praying that they get to know him personally and then uh, there's a lot of alcoholics and abuse. And so we just ask that you would be praying for God, pray for God to provide for these kids to all go to school. Um, because school means um, two hot meals a day. Okay, one cold meal, one hot meal. A tea. And it means they get to learn how to read and write. And, and when, when someone learns how to read and write, it changes their destiny here because... Because not only can they get a, a decent employment and, and pick themselves up, but also when we when we disciple them or, or teach them about Jesus, they can read the Bible for themselves. That's right. And, and then for girls, it helps protect them from being married or sleeping around. And because if a girl's not in school, then often she can get married when she's like 14. Um, or 15. And so by going to school, it also gets her the freedom to grow up. So thank you for allowing us to share your, your vision Sunday. Um, um, me and Leanne are here. We serve uh, uh, for Savannah uh, in her ministry as well as Savannah does women's Bible study. And, and I'm doing a, a young men's Bible study and trying to disciple some young men here. So we appreciate your prayers. Uh, we're looking forward to when you guys can come and visit us. Yes, we yes, have yes, plenty yes. Plenty of stuff for you to do, and there's stuff we can't do that only you can do. 
So we, we need we need to have some people come and stay. We've got your bed ready, and uh, we're looking forward. Keep us in your prayers. We're in the middle of elections, um, and it's Africa. So you know, well you. It should be fun. Yeah, and you guys already know even your elections are fun. So imagine how much more fun ours will be. <laughs> so keep us in your prayer. Thank you. Uh, enjoy your Sunday. Say hi to my kids. Bye, Pastor Matt. Bye, Jenny. So if you don't currently have any of those newsletters, then please talk with me. Uh, I know you'll be encouraged to be able to get those updates. And, uh, you know, I was a missionary in Scotland for 11 years, so I can tell you it's very expensive to live there. Uh, and so if you have a heart or the Lord's leading you to support them, I know that they would greatly appreciate that. And also the Crabtrees, I'm sure, would greatly appreciate your support, not only for their practical financial needs for their family, but, you know, as you can see, they take uh, care of a lot of kids and they're trying to put over 40 kids through school. And so they need people to sponsor that. Uh, right now they have 19 kids sponsored, so they still have have over 20 more that need to be sponsored. Uh, you can sponsor a child for $30 a month to go through elementary school, and then it's $50 a month to go through high school. And so if that's something that is on your heart to do, uh, you can get the picture of the child and uh, just get in touch with them. Uh, with Savannah's newsletter has all the details of how you can do that. But uh, what a great way to just uh, bless a child, enable them to go to school uh, and to take care of that. And so um, our mission is to live an authentic life in connection with God, one another in the world through Jesus. And we're seeking to fulfill that by saving the lost, equipping the saved, uh, serving the lost and saved, and sending the equipped. And, and I hope that this vision excites you because ultimately we can't do it without you. Uh, and we need all of you to just be involved in all that you can with your time, your treasures, your talents. Uh, and so we want you to give up your talents. We want you to come and, and serve in different capacities. But we also need um, your treasures as well, because the reality is for things that we want to do, like mission trips or other things, you know, uh, the rents of this building, whatever, you know, it costs money. Uh, and so we do need that as well. Uh, and there are two practical financial needs that I just want to end with, uh, above and beyond our typical um, needs that we have. And the first need is a camera. Uh, if you've been watching Facebook or YouTube the last few weeks, you realize that the edges are really fuzzy and you're like, man, are my eyes going bad? No, our camera's gone bad. Uh, and so, you know, we have a lot of people who, because of COVID, aren't able to come out and that's all they have is this fuzzy screen right now. And so we would love to upgrade to a good camera uh, that would be a blessing. And we've already had a good amount of money donated for that, but we still need about $400 more uh, in order to get this camera. So that's something that you want to help provide for then in the tithe box, you can just write on an envelope that it's for the camera or even online. There's a drop down menu that has men's, women's, general, and then there'll be one with a camera and you can give towards that. Uh, and another practical need that we have is for a church keyboard. Um, we would love to be able to have a piano being played and uh, it just enhances our worship and we love that, but we're in need of that. Uh, the other keyboard we have is broken. And so um, if you want to help uh, provide for that, then uh, you can do that as well. And so um, let's just close in a word of prayer, thanking the Lord for all that he's been doing. We're excited for what he's going to do and asking him for bless this next year. Father, we are so grateful for getting us through and ministering to us in the difficult year of 2020. And we are looking forward to 
what you have in store for us in 2021, Lord. And we're excited for the opportunities to reach our area with the gospel, but not just our local area, Lord, to get to go to Burundi, to get to support missionaries in Uganda and in Scotland, Lord. We're excited for the work that you can do through our small church to to reach our community and to reach other countries, God. We're excited for the growth that we have been having personally uh, as we get together and study your word and pray for each other and fellowship with one another. And we are just asking that as we move into this next year, Lord, you would just continue to help that growth happen. We're excited to be back on the midweek uh, fellowship times. And we just pray, Lord, that you would uh, bless those times, especially this first month as we come to you in worship and prayer, Lord. We just pray that that time of prayer, Lord, that you would just move in a powerful way, that you would really help uh, just move forward our vision and our mission. And we just are excited for what you have planned, Lord. We, we lift up these ministries, God. We lift up uh, Sterling. We're, we're praying, God, that you would uh, enable this lockdown to have the restrictions lifted so that they can get out and get ministering to people in person again. Uh, we pray for uh, Uganda, Lord. We pray for these kids. Uh, we're so grateful for the ministry happening to them, Lord. We just pray that you would raise up people to support these kids to be able to go to school, but more importantly, that you would continue to use the crab trees to help these kids uh, who are learning how to read to then read the Bible, who are just learning about life to learn about the most important message uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how they can be saved, Lord. And so we just pray for both those ministries. We ask for you to just do great works in Scotland, uh, in Uganda, Lord. We pray for this trip coming up in, uh, in the summer, Lord, that you would just be preparing a team here to go to Burundi, and Lord, that you would do amazing work there. We pray that you would be preparing the church there, the prisoners, the people in their homes, um, Lord, the pygmies, all the people that we will be able to impact. Lord, we just be start praying right now, God, that you would just do a great work in all of that, Lord, and just give us a more of a passion and excitement um, to be involved, to give of what you have given to us, Lord, our time, our treasures, our talents, to give it back to you for your kingdom and glory, and just to be able to watch and see how you take that and use that uh, for... Um, what you want to do with it, Lord. So we just lift all this to you. We're so grateful for this time that we've been able just to express and share and and even hear uh, from across the world things that you're doing. And so um, bless us this week, we pray. Help us to start implementing these things. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to have the worship team come and finish with a uh, final song of worship. And just remember this Thursday, we're back at it. Six o'clock, my house, potluck dinner, come. And we're going to focus on a time of really praying and seeking the Lord. Uh, and it's for the whole family. So come on out. It should be a great time. Why don't we all ask?